I'm going to share the word a little bit this morning, if you're okay with that. Uh, I'm, I, you know, this week when I was reading, uh, when I was just in my quiet time, um, the Lord kept bringing me to Romans chapter six. So that's what we're going to study today. Uh, we're going to be in Romans chapter six. So feel free to turn there now. Uh, I'm going to do a little recap of where we've been, uh, and share a little bit about where we're going. So, uh, again, we've been talking about what it means to follow Jesus the last few weeks, uh, probably the last two months almost. Uh, and I, I have really loved not only studying this, but getting the revelation that the Lord has shown through this. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to go a ton into detail on what we've shared. All of the, the messages are up online. If you missed a week, go, go check those out. Um, please do that because I think it's, it's just really powerful stuff. So I'm going to talk about what we talked about last week. So last week we talked about John chapter 13 and why Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. And, and being a follower of Jesus, we're called to serve others first, right? Jesus was on the doorstep of his death that he knew it was coming, and yet he didn't panic. Instead, he chose to serve. Uh, he chose to serve his disciples, washing their feet. Uh, so this week, uh, we're going we're gonna to really hone in on um, Romans chapter 6. Uh, we're going to start in verse 5. Um, so I want to talk to you today, you know, as followers of Jesus, what it means to have victory over sin. What that looks like and why it's important for us as we follow him. Romans chapter 6 is all about that. Um, there's a lot more that I think you could go into that, that I, I won't get into today. But we're going to start in, in Romans chapter 6 verse 5. Uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 5. Now I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. Um, feel free to follow along in whichever translation you have. Uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 5. It says, Since we have been, been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. Amen. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Dead to the power of sin. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to start with some basics here. Many of you all know this, but I think it's always good to go back and ground us in what some of these things mean. So what is sin? What is sin? So if we think about sin, sin is anything that separates us from God. Pretty simple. I think most of all, most or all of us understand that concept. Sin is anything that separates us from God. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about sin itself because I'll get into why we don't want to be sin conscious. But just as an understanding, sin is anything that separates us from God. So sin first entered the world when? When did sin first enter the world? Adam and Eve, exactly. Uh, Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, and sin entered the world. 
And there were consequences to that decision. There were consequences to their sin. Before that, they had no understanding of right and wrong. And they disobeyed the Lord. That was the one commandment He said, don't eat this fruit. Don't eat it. Stay away from it. They disobeyed, right? What happened? They were separated from the Father. The Lord kicked them out of the garden. Right? So that's when sin first entered the world. And ever since then, sin has been present in the world. So today, I really want to talk about first what Paul is talking about when he says that we are victorious over sin through Christ. Does that mean that we'll never sin again? Does that mean that we can keep on sinning? And I'll, I'll get into some of those things. So let's break this down a little bit. So we talked about sin entered the world when Adam and Eve sinned. So sin enters the world. Now if you fast forward a little bit in time, God's people are enslaved in Egypt. Moses leads them out of Egypt, right? So I'm going to fast forward. There's a lot, there's a lot that happens in here, but we're going to just high level. Moses leads God's people out of Egypt. They wander through the desert. They, they eat manna, all, all the, you know, that, that whole story. And then the law is given. Why was the law given? It was given to show God's people what they were doing and why it was wrong. So the law was established to essentially give guardrails to what is right and what is wrong. So imagine, I want you to think about this. How many of y'all are board game players in here? Like to play board games? I love board games. We don't get to play them as much as we'd like. My favorite board game is probably Settlers of Catan. It's an incredible game. Uh, it's fun. Um, it's challenging. But if you've never played it before, the game usually lasts anywhere between an hour and a half to four hours, depending upon who you're playing with and how the game goes. Um, it's a long game. And there's a lot of rules. And there's a lot of things that you need to know to play. Now imagine you open up this board game. You get it for Christmas. And you open up, you open it up and you take all the pieces out. And you go, oh, these are really cool. But you never take the time to read the instructions to the board game. You're just going to have a bunch of pieces and you're not going to know how to play the game. You can try and set it up and do it your own way and try to play your own game. But until you read the rules, you're not going to know how to play. And even still, there's interpretation within those rules. How many of you have ever played one of those games where like there's rules, but the rules are kind of gray and you have to try and understand Oh, if this happens, then you do this. Or if you make this decision, you know, some of those strategy games can get kind of that way. That's kind of the, the way that the law was given. Before the law was given, the children of Israel had no idea what was right and what was wrong. Right? Like they, they were going about living their lives, but there was no rules to their life. There was no rules to the game, I guess you could say, right? That's why the law was given. So the law is given through Moses and it establishes what is sin and what isn't sin. Now there's a lot, again, there's a lot that happens through the Old Testament. I'm not going to berate on that today because that's not what I want to spend a majority of my time talking about today. Because I don't, I don't want us to just constantly be thinking about the law and the rules and the regulations because I think you can get trapped in that as a Christian. 
So when Paul is talking to us in Romans chapter 6, when he's talking to us, talking to us about that, that we are no longer slaves to sin, it's because Jesus came and fulfilled the law. He came as a substitute. He came to create a new way through him, right? So he came to basically say the law is fulfilled. I'm fulfilling the law. He died, rose again, and he broke the power of sin over our lives. If you remember right, before this, if you wanted to be cleansed from your sin, what did you have to do? You had to sacrifice animals, right? You had to sacrifice. The blood of animals provided your uh, sanctification, your purification of sin. Well, Jesus came and he died once for all for that sanctification, And through his blood, we have atonement for our sin. So he atones us for our sin, but he also redeems us from our sin. And I'm going to get into that. Romans 5 verse 17 tells us this, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Even greater is God's wonderful grace. And if you remember back about eight weeks ago, I said one of the the foundations of being a follower of Jesus is understanding the incredible grace that God has given us through Jesus Christ. So we can see, again, just to kind of conclude this first portion, Adam's sin brought sin To all men. Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. The law was given to convict men and women of their sin. Jesus came to redeem the world of sin, to set men and women free from the power of sin in their lives. So this whole series is about what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? So how does this relate to us as we follow Jesus? So first and foremost, I think Paul makes it very clear to us that we have victory over the sin in our lives, right? We have victory over the things that try to hold us back through Jesus, not through our own strength, our own doing, or our own abilities. We have victory through sin, over sin, through Jesus. That's it. That's the end of the story, right? He came, He won. There's no other Super Bowl after that. The Super Bowl is done. It's been played. Super Bowl won no more. Jesus came, he won. There's no one ever playing the game again, right? You don't have to. He already defeated, he already won. He was the ultimate victor. So we know that because Jesus did that, because he died on the cross, because he was the perfect sacrifice, that not only have we been redeemed from sin, but we've been set free from the power of sin in our lives. We're no longer slaves to that sin that can hold us captive through the grace and power of Jesus. Think about what what does it mean to be a slave of something? It means you have to do what your master says. So if you are a slave to sin, you have to do what the sin says. Right? So think about this. As Paul is writing this letter to the Romans, you're no longer a slave to sin. And I'm going to talk about something here in a little bit about sin consciousness. 
And some of you have maybe heard that term before. Uh, some of you, maybe that's a new term, but I want to talk about what that looks like in our lives as believers and followers of Jesus and how we live out the grace that God has given us in our lives. So when we are following Jesus, there's a few things that really become clear. We are more aware of His grace in our lives than we are of the sin in our lives. We are more aware of the grace in our lives than we are of the sin in our lives. Sin tries to put us in bondage. It tries to put us in this place that it wants to hold us there. No matter what it is. It could be something like lying. Because think about it. If you, if you lie about something, in order to cover up your lie, you have to do what? You usually have to tell another lie. And then you lie again. And then you lie again. Right? Sin tries to hold us in that pattern, right? You think, whoa, all good. Uh, you think about other things that happen in your life. Sin tries to hold you in that bondage. It does. It tries to grab you. It tries to hold you in that place. And you know what? The enemy knows that that is the purpose of sin, is to hold you in bondage. Because when you are held in bondage, you are a slave to that sin, which means you cannot move forward. Bondage, you're tied up, right? You're in a cell. You're in a cage. You're held in that place. The best part about this story, though, is that Jesus redeemed us from that bondage. He broke all those chains. He broke everything. So He made a way for us to live free from that bondage. Remember, the law was given to convict us of our sin, to know what is right or wrong. And we're more, when we are more conscious of our sin, instead of, instead of the incredible grace that is in our lives, we live in that bondage. And the enemy tries to keep us there. He likes to keep us there because he knows that when we are trapped there, we have a hard time moving forward. When we are trapped there, we have a hard time moving into what God is doing in our lives. What He wants to do in our lives. How He is equipping us to do what's next. I truly believe that if Christians in the world today could grab hold of this concept, that we would see a greater move of God than we've ever seen before. Because why do people go, oh, I'm not going to read my Bible today. Oh, because I screwed up yesterday. And why would I read my Bible today? Because I made a mistake yesterday. Why would I read my Bible where it says, don't be angry, when I'm the most angry person around? Why would I want to do something if I'm stuck here in this pattern? And the enemy loves to feed that. He loves to feed that. He loves to say, yeah, why would you read your Bible today? It's only going to make you feel worse about the mistake you made yesterday. And he can shove that back in his face. Right? You can shove that back in his face because he doesn't have a single stronghold. He doesn't have fo- nothing in your life when you belong to Jesus. Sin has no power over us. So Paul is talking in Romans chapter 6 about being a slave to sin and no longer being a slave to sin. So we don't have to be held in bondage or held captive by the sin that is occurring in our life because let's be honest, we are all human beings and we all sin every single day. Let's just call it what it is. There is nobody here that is perfect. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. 
I'm just saying I'm with it. I am a, we are all broken people. That's why we need a Savior, Jesus, who was perfect, right? So we can choose one of two different paths. And this is, this is ultimately where I want to go. As a follower of Jesus, we can either be so sin conscious that we stay trapped in our mistakes of the past, or we can flip the script. And we can be so aware of the grace that God has given us that the sin that is, exi- exists in our life, it's just a, whew, it's a it's, you know you've been redeemed from it. And you know what happens when you come to this revelation where sin doesn't have a hold on your life? And you realize that your, your um, what's the word? Uh, your, um, I, I, no, I can't, it starts with an arm, I can't think of it right now. Um, but your righteousness, thank you. Your righteousness doesn't come from your acts or what you do, but your righteousness comes only through Christ and the incredible grace that He has for you. That's when you start to walk free from sin because now you go, I don't need to do those things. Christ redeemed me from that. I'm righteous in His eyes, right? You can talk to, I think everyone, every single one of us in, 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 in here has had something in their life that the enemy has tried to like hover over them right? It could be fear. It could be anxiety. It could be lying. It could be doubt. It could be worry. It could be addiction. It could be whatever. The enemy tries to hold you there and hold you in this place of you're never going to be able to get out of this. How are you going to beat this? You can't do it. You might as well sin again because what's the point, right? (laughs) The beauty of it is, is you can look at him and say, listen, I don't have to listen to you because I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I am no longer a slave to the things that, of this world that cause me to slip up. I am redeemed. I am loved. I am seen as a child of God. Forgiven. Forgiven. Amen. Amen. Exactly. So when we are more aware, when we are more aware of His grace in our lives, how much God loves us, It allows us to follow Him without feeling required to do what our flesh wants. That's what our flesh is. Our flesh loves to sin. My flesh wants Reese's peanut butter cups far too often than it should. Let's be honest. I'm working on it, okay? It's a work in progress. You know, our flesh likes what it likes. It might not be Reese's peanut butter cups for you. Maybe it's those Dove chocolates or... Whatever it is. Find some way to say that it's healthy for you, right? Oh, it's got sea salt on it. Sea salt's good for you, right? Whatever it is, the flesh likes what the flesh likes. And as, as, as we follow Jesus and as we understand where our righteousness falls, the sin that was there doesn't matter anymore because our righteousness isn't dictated by what we do or don't do. Our righteousness has already been decided 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross for us. Right? It doesn't matter. It allows us to move from our works and what we do and puts the focus back on Him. Puts the focus back on Him. When we're so conscious of our sin, what is that is? It's selfish. I'm so concerned about what's going on in me. In me, in me, in me. And when we remove our focus off of the sin consciousness, and we move it back to the grace that God has given us. The focus is removed off of us, and it is fo- put back on Him. So as a follower of Jesus, we get our focus off of us, we get our focus back on Him. We've talked about that in the past few weeks. 
And the, beauty, the beautiful part of this is Jesus reminds us in Matthew what it means to follow him. And, and, and you might go, wow, that's really hard, Adam. I don't know how I do that. I don't know how I get to focus off of myself and I put it on him. Well, he tells us that one, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he also says, come to me, you who are weary and broken, and I will give you what? He doesn't say, I will, I will give you work. I will, he says, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Rest. Think about that. You're toiling and you're trying to fight this thing and you're like, Lord, I'm trying to follow you, but I, I can't get past this. He doesn't say, yep, you need to work, figure it out. No, he says, come to me when you are weary and when you are broken and I will give you rest. That's what we need in our lives. I don't know about you. I could always use a nap. I like rest time. It's great time, right? And when we are with Jesus, when we're following Jesus, that's what it is. It's rest. We get to rest in Him. We don't get to work in Him. No, that doesn't mean you're never going to do work, physical work. Anybody who serves here does physical work. Those black signs outside, those are heavy. But you find rest in being able to serve and do the things with the Lord. Following Jesus means that, again, we are more aware of His grace for us than we are the sin that holds us captive. Allowing this truth to reign in your life will allow you to move freely in the gifts and the callings that He has placed before you. When you are able to walk aware, more aware of His grace than you are of your mistakes, it allows you to move forward. It allows you to step into that calling. Because again, when the Lord has called you to something, the enemy wants to do everything he can to get in the way of that. He wants to put roadblocks in front of you. Because he knows that you are not as able to impact the kingdom when he has put roadblocks in front of you. So he's going to try and hold you there and it's going to, he's going to try and prevent you from stepping into what Sri was just talking about earlier. The calling that God has put on your life. Each of us has a specific calling. It might look very different than the person sitting next to you, but we all have a specific gift and calling. And what he wants us to do is he wants us to get out of our own way when we're following Him. He wants us to get out of our own way. Stop thinking about all the things that you've done that He has forgiven you from already, right? When He died on the cross, He redeemed you from sin past, present, and what? And future. And future. He didn't say, up until you said the time of the salvation prayer, I've redeemed you from that. Any sin that happens after that, no, 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 you need to, you need to, no, no, no. It was a perfect sacrifice. He redeemed us past, present, future. He makes it very clear, Paul does, in in Romans chapter 6, that although Christ has redeemed us from sin, that we shouldn't just keep on sinning because we can. So let's turn there. Romans chapter 6, verse 15. uh, Romans 6, 15. It says, Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, Does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Now again, you might read that last portion and go, what does it mean to obey God? Does that mean I have to follow all the rules of the law? No. 
Jesus said, what are his what, top two commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and love your neighbor and love your neighbor as yourself, right? So you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living, right? It doesn't mean that you need to do all the rules of the law. And I mean, if you wanted to get into that, there's, man, if you want to read some of those things in the Old, Test- Old Testament, you'll, your, your brain will start to go in a lot of different directions. Like sometimes it's tough to keep them all straight. So we don't get to continue going on living lawless lives. Remember, Christ has called us to live a life higher, a life greater. He has called us to be an example, right? He says, go out into all the world and share the gospel, right? So if we go out into all the world and we share the gospel, but we're also not living a life that is honoring to our God, what example is that living, giving, right? So again, there's, there's this balance. We need to not be aware of our sin, but we need to understand the righteousness that we leads to righteous living so we don't get to go about and go sweet i'm born again now i can go and do whatever i want i can live whatever life i want i can make whatever choice i want if you notice the biggest word in there is i too many times in our world today whether you're in a church or you're in the world the word i is more prevalent than any other word We need to choose and follow what God says about us. We are to live lives that are marked, set apart, that look different. People should see you as a Christian and they should ask, what is different about that person? What is different about, why are they so peaceful? Why are they so joyful? Nothing really seems to bother them. Why? Because of Jesus. Not because, oh, it's just who I am. No, we're not, we are not wired that way. Right? We are not wired that way as people. Our flesh likes what our flesh likes. I just talked about that. But when we get to know the love and the grace and the care that Christ has for us, it changes us. It changes the way that we view ourselves. It changes the way that we view others. Because if you know that you are saved and redeemed from sin because of God and what Jesus did for you, then you start to look at other people and you don't see their flaws, their mistakes, the things they're doing wrong. You see them the way that Jesus sees you. And I would encourage you today, if you're having a hard time with that, ask the Lord about it. Ask Him to change your perspective. Ask Him to change the way that you are viewing things in life. He can do that. Because he can transform us and, and make us new. And he already has. Romans 12, 2. This kind of helps reiterate that. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God what transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. 